It's time for the Big Nasty Show right here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. Memorial Golf Tournament. 
Um, I do want to thank a few uh, people right off the bat today. We've got a new sponsors from, uh, from the Big Nasty Show and also 1450 The Sports Buzz. I've got uh, Paul Kiger uh, from Remax Properties. He is a genuine mad boy. He gets you whatever you want in terms of uh, real estate. Uh, if you just... Uh, he just take they'll take all of your real estate needs. He's going to be a new sponsor with us. He's going to come on the show on Monday. We're going to chat with him. We're going to talk to him about this and that, and uh, tell him what you can, what he can do for you. We also want to uh, thank Nick Stein, Nick Stein Law, who has decided to come back on board with us for the summer. Uh, be another one of uh, a title sponsor. Nick Stein's a great guy. He's in New Albany. You can uh, you can contact him at the. Uh, 648-2000. You've got nicksteinwall.com is the way you get to him on the internet. Uh, if you have a personal injury or accident, you can uh, take care of him there. So, um, Anyway, so I wanted to thank both of those cats because those are uh, they're friends of mine and they're also friends of the show now uh, as the new title sponsors. So what else are we going to talk about today? We've got uh, Vinny Del Negro uh, that he's been fired and uh, apparently uh, Paul has... Uh, Paul has has claimed he had nothing to do with it, so he's 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 been taking a lot of heat, a lot of outrage from us. Uh, they're saying that he's the reason why Del Negro got fired, and Chris Paul stepped up to say that he's not the one to uh, to basically get fired, if you would. So um, he uh, he's it's an interesting story, but we'll see how it all shakes down. It's very possible that uh, Chris Paul did have something to do with this. Uh, We'll, we'll see what happens. In uh, in NFL news, uh, Mark Sanchez says he plans to be the starter in, uh, in in New York this year, which is pretty interesting because uh, anybody that you anybody that talks about Mark Sanchez can tell you that uh, he's not a very good uh, he's not a very good quarterback. At least his results certainly certainly have not uh, been up to par over the years. So. Uh, we will see what what happens with that. If that shakes down, I I think that they should address it. You know, they drafted uh, the dude from from West Virginia, so he's going to be he's going to be in there. I think he probably has a job after a few weeks. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Is, is the bottom line there? We'll, and and we'll, we'll we'll find out if that's going to come to fruition or not. But Mark Sanchez, we'll see. If they get him a running game up there, he might be. Uh, uh, he might be. He might be he might be the man, you know, who knows? He could get a resurging year. Uh and again, uh, I want to remind you we're gonna be out here the whole afternoon. The afternoon drive will be out here before or after me. Uh this is the big seashore on fourteen fifty here. We're uh, at Polo Fields. Right now we're 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 stomaching and then we're 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 dealing with some rain out here again. Uh seems like uh, the storm just doesn't want to get played this year for whatever reason. So uh but I found out that the guy, this Eddie Tyree that's the, the host of this tournament, is actually a horse racing fan, so we can probably get him uh, he's probably in this rain so that everybody will go out to the track and make a little extra money. So um, we're gonna talk to a few of the folks out here. We're gonna talk to the pro uh, here in a bit once they get everything up and running. Um I, I do have an interesting story that I wanted to talk about. Uh, the, uh this is one of the weirdest headlines I've heard. Uh, I was I was out of work the other day, and I saw one of the brand-new Ferraris uh, the, <laughs> driving around, and it was funny. Uh, the, the girl that was driving, it looked like she shouldn't have been in the car. And she proceeded to get in the car and go forward and crank the front bumper of the car, a <laughs> $150,000 Ferrari, which brought up an interesting point, um, which, which brought up an interesting point that uh, Keyshawn Johnson was actually apparently in his house the other day, and he saw this Ferrari flying up and down the back streets of the neighborhood. And here it was Justin Beaver, and uh, it, it, it was Justin Beaver, and he was driving around. And Keyshawn Johnson decided to uh, 
uh, to, uh, to 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 chase him down in his in his, his uh, in the Ferrari and corner him, and he, and he called the police on him. Apparently, this Austin Bieber cannot uh, keep his foot off the gas pedal in these neighborhoods. He's running around, he's running around like crazy in there. So Keyshawn Johnson, Keyshawn Johnson was, uh, was was not happy about that. I just thought that was pretty funny. So, and uh, I think it's maybe because Keyshawn doesn't drive a nice car as, as Bieber does. So <laughs> he actually chased him down in his Prius, which is kind of funny. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but Justin Bieber, you know, the Beats will do whatever, whatever he wants is what's the moral of that story. So, um, we're going to, uh, I'm actually going to take a, a, a little break here. Uh, we're going to get some things right now here on the Polo Field to try to, uh, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk with uh, Dick Schwartz from, from Hub Sports. We're going to talk a few things about that. This is that here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450TheSportsBuzz.com. Back here to the Big Nasty Show. We're we're chilling out here at the uh, Polo Fields at the Eddie Tyree Classic. They're getting ready to do a one thirty shotgun start here. Mother Nature just sprinkled a little bit on us, but it uh, seems to be passing and clearing a little bit. So hopefully they'll be able to get this tee off going here out of the Polo Fields Golf and Country Club. Uh, on the Oxford Fielding and Buzz Line, I got a caller. Uh, you on there, Nick? Yes, I am. How you doing, Nick? Nick, what's happening, buddy? Good to talk to you. I, uh, yeah, I'm on. I was talk- yeah, there you go. It's uh, what's what's the weather up like up there in the Philadelphia, New York area? Hot, very very hot. <laughs> about a, like probably about yeah. 95 degrees. Very sunny. No, not a cloud in the sky. And if you like really hot, you definitely would like today. Yeah, that's it's it's interesting. It's it's actually a little rainy here today. We're, we're I'm out at the golf course. Uh, we're we're doing a there's a, a Eddie Tyree golf tournament out here today, um, and we're we're just out here doing a little promotion. The last time we were out here it was raining, and we we got to rain in a little bit again today. So a little bit of bad luck on that. So, but uh, I understand you were a, you were a double A ball game or a triple A ball game last night or the night before. It was pretty interesting, huh? Yeah, um, last night was a, it was a double-A game in Trenton. Uh, Euclid and uh, Teixeira were there. I got a heads up about three weeks ago, a little close to three weeks ago, that to, that Teixeira was going to be there. You know, he was going to play a little bit in Tampa, and then he was going to go up to the double-A team. And, you know, I called the, the Thunder are always really nice to me. You know, they always have been with rehabbing guys and, Got, you know, tickets and, you know, talk, see if I could get in, you know, like media, talk to them or whatever. And then I find out that Euclid is going to be there as well, and they're going to be there for two days. Uh, it was it was interesting. Um, last night, the the two went two for six. Uh, Euclid drove in a run to share the ball hard every time, hitting into two double plays, but looked good. Um, the only thing that concerned me a little bit was I seen Euclid stretch it out his back an awful lot after his first at bat. So I thought maybe like 
is he ready to come back up? You know, it was something that I, I mean, I was paying attention to. Maybe someone that, you know, was just watching the game wasn't. But I was watching how much he was concerned with his back and how much he was stretching even when he was in the field because I was sitting, like, literally right beside him. And um, it just looked like something may have been off after his first at bat. So hopefully he's okay because they both had, uh, you know, up for a big series against the Boston Red Sox this weekend. So hopefully he's all right. Talk to me a little bit about this uh, this sweep. Your, your your Yankees got your beloved Yankees got swept last uh, this weekend or this week, I should say. What yeah, yeah, got swept four games by the Mets, which is uh, insane because the Mets were horrible coming in with one of the worst ERAs, worst batting averages in baseball, and you know every one of their pitchers go out there and look like Cy Young. Um, <laughs> I have no idea Yankees. Pitching was great. The Yankees have the second-best ERA in baseball, and, you know, the pitchers came out other than one inning with a, that, that was a little bit of bad luck, and Phelps was a little bit off in the one game. But other than that, the Yankees pitchers pitched great, and uh, the Yankees batting to come through. That's why hopefully Teixeira and Euclid come up and maybe get something going. Um, it's bad enough. Granderson comes back, not even a weekend, breaks something else. It's... Uh, you know, if the Yankees do end up making it to the playoffs and they do end up uh, going anywhere, it will be uh, it'd be a surprise. I mean, I think that no matter what happens, Girardi has to be considered for manager of the year unless the Yankees completely bomb out of this, which I don't think they will. He's done a great job of patchwork. The pitching staff is doing great. Larry Rothschild is a great pitching coach. Um, but this stuff is baseball. You know, it's a marathon, not a spread. Losing five games obviously isn't what, you know, you want. But um, you, you had to see it coming. And sooner or later, this was going to happen. The bats were going to get cold, um, and they did. And unfortunately, it was against the Mets. <laughs> and, you know, they bring those two, you know, you bring youth back and Teixeira back and put them in that lineup. That puts a little protection in there uh, for the ones that already already are hitting. Uh, but I agree with you 100%. I think that you're already, either way, whatever, however it shakes down this year, just to have them leading the division, uh, you know, they're not leading, they're, they're a game, but two games back now. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they're two games back now, yeah. Boston can get pulling out those uh, lucky wins against Cleveland. I think Cleveland's bullpen was trying to get, get Boston in first place, and they had that three-game series against us. You have three games they played Boston, and their, and their bullpen blew two saves. Um, one of them, four runs in the ninth inning, uh, Chris Perez from the Indians gave up. I watched it. I, it was hard to even be... I, I couldn't even believe what I was watching. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, the Red Sox are up two games now. I mean, so I guess it's perfect timing, you know, three-game series, down two. But, I mean, again, it's really early. You know, we're just stepping into June. Um, long ways to go. But it is nice to get some help people back. You know, Jabba can't just come off, came off the D-Val. Andy Pettis pitching Monday. Could pitch Sunday, but he's going to pitch on Monday. Teixeira and Nuke coming up. But it's gives Girardi a lot of decisions to make, like who's he going to send down? Um, the kid, uh, Adams, that's playing third base right now for the Yankees, is one of the people that has been hitting the clutch. You know, that has been, you know, he plays a tremendous third base. So there's some decisions to be made there. So and I'm kind of curious to see what exactly the Yankees do here within like the next few hours, like what their moves are, who they're going to send down. Um, I know they're kind of an extra pitcher. I know that I assume that a pitcher will go down. Um, but, you know, how's he going to do this? I don't think that, and I wrote a, I wrote something on this, I don't think that Euclid should be playing third every day. I think uh, they should split, he should split time with Adams because of, for injury's sake, as well as the fact that 
Euclid plays every day, he gets hurt. It's just, you know, that's how he's been the last few years, and he has back issues, and um, I just think uh, with him and Tashera, I don't think that they're going to be up long. I, I, just, I feel like they're both going to get hurt again, you know, relatively fast. Hopefully not, you know, but with the Yankees right now, it seems like there's like a black cat, you know. So, I, I, you know, to DH, why not just DH? I mean, but I guess there's a lot of people buying for that spot for, for the Yankees, huh? What'd you say? I, I say, I, well, to DH, there's probably bit. a lot of people buying for that position. You know, I mean, the, the Yankees have a, you know, once they come back, once they both come back, so. Yeah, well, it's just, the, the situation, I didn't catch everything you said, or you seem to be breaking it out, but with the Yankees in the position that they're in right now, um, you, you have to be happy because regardless of what happens this year, the Yankees got a good look at a lot of young players. And if the Yankees tank, you know, let's say the rest of the season, you know, they do know that they have guys that, can, that are going to be there that can step up. You know, I mean, you got a guy, a third, fourth string, you know, at, at third, at short, um, at first, in the outfield, catching. You know, like I've never seen a team put with this many injuries that ever were in first place. You know, I mean, you look at Toronto, they went out and spent all that money, they have one big injury, uh, and they're in the basement. So, um, yeah, I apologize for not, you're kind in and out, but I apologize for that, but I just was, you know, I really think that Jordy has a lot of decisions to make. But either way, this is a positive for the Yankees this season, regardless. I don't know whether you noticed or not, Nick, but we've got uh, we were talking about the baseball standings uh, early in the season, very early in the season. The first time I had you on, we talked we talked a little baseball, and uh, we've got um, we're, we're both pretty pretty close to the on point here. The only thing that's not so good for me is Baltimore slipped two and a half games back. They're right there, though, don't you say? Yeah, I think that with Baltimore again, they they could easily be in first place. Um, I think Boston got a good some good luck with uh, bad relief pitching from the uh, opposing team. And then, uh, you know, Johnson, uh, Baltimore's closer, I think he had 35 straight saves, and then he blew three in a row and gave up nine runs. So Baltimore could easily be in first place if he pitched like he pitched. He happens to be my fantasy relief pitcher, and I watched him blow the saves. And it's the one day last week, it was like, Three really good closers, blue saves all on the same day, and then the next day Rivera blows his first save of the season. Didn't even get it out against the Mets. Um, but no, Baltimore no, could easily to. be um, in first place. And like I tell everybody, that I don't even think Toronto's out of this race. Um, yeah. uh, what's his name? Coming Reyes is coming back. I don't think eight games out, seven games out of the AL East. I don't think you're out of anything. So I think this is going to be. Everybody in AL East has a chance at this until, you know, the season's over. This is going to be well, a long haul. It's going to be uh, a, a tough race. They would, before they would be in a conversation. I would think Toronto would, would you know, nine and a half games out. They're, 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 they, might have to, uh, they might have to do some work to get in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Well, with Toronto, I mean... They they're pitching horrendous. They are a Dickey comes over from you know the National League and just like you know his pitches, you know they're unpredictable. I can't believe that anyone would give a knuckleballer that much money um, if he doesn't even really know where his pitches are going to go. I mean, how, I mean, how can you give that much money that many years to somebody 
when he's never consistently been successful and knuckleballers aren't consistently successful. Um, and he's getting knocked around. He got knocked around again last night. Um, their pitching is their weakness because they sure can hit, and they play in a park that, goodness, the ball flies all over the place, and that doesn't really help them out. And their bullpen's not real good. Um, they have one guy, Cecil, that comes out of the bullpen that's pretty good. But um, Terrell's probably very unlikely to, to challenge, but I don't want to count anybody out, honestly. Um, but I think it's Baltimore-Boston-New York race right now. Pretty much like it is every year. <laughs> and Tampa Bay, true. Actually, Tampa Bay as well. Yeah, there's no reason that Tampa Bay can't get in the mix. They're, 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 def- they're three games out right as we speak right now, so they, there's certainly no reason they can't get in the, in the mix. Um, if you look at the American League Central, we were pretty much spot on on that one. The two of us were both on Detroit. We also have uh, um, we had Texas. We both were in the same ballpark with Texas on that one. The National League, we're, we're pretty spot on with that, except for we both had Cincinnati kind of in the middle of the mix uh, taking care of the business there, but they're, down in, they're three games out of it behind St. Louis who's playing lights out right now. Yeah, I think that I've watched a lot of Cincinnati. I really actually have really gotten into watching Cincinnati Reds baseball. I don't know what happened. Um, I've just been catching a lot of games. And, uh, you know, St. Louis is caught, caught fire a little bit. I still think Cincinnati wins that division. Uh, I think they're a better team. Uh, you know, they their lineups seem to all get caught at once, which doesn't happen all that often in baseball. They all got caught at once. You know, St. Louis made some moves. But if you look at St. Louis's rotation, their batting order. They do have some big bats, but Cincinnati's a well-rounded team with a great closer. Their bullpen maybe could use a little bit of work. I still think Cincinnati, you know, wins the uh, Central in the NL. I like them a lot. I actually really like that. I think if I had a team that I would cheer for in the National League, it would be Cincinnati. I like that team. Yeah, that's exactly what. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. So, uh, let's talk a little. Let's, we're, we're out here at Cole Fields' golf course. They're trying to get this golf tournament. I'm gonna have the I'm gonna have the pro come on here in just a second, um, and, and we're gonna chit chat about that. Try to get this underway and have the kind of details with that. Um, let's talk about this NBA playoffs real quick, buddy, and then uh, and then I'll let you get back to what you were uh, what you were after today. All right, my man. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, the the playoffs. I mean, we were both wrong about Memphis. Holy, but you know what? I will say Memphis fought. It, it, that that series could have we we could have both been right on that one. Two overtime games. Um, you know, San Antonio played great, but Memphis, you know, strong, powerful, and they were in both of the games. Um, but once they lost, the turning point for me was when they lost that second overtime game. I thought it was pretty much over then that they would cave, and and they did. Um, but uh, the other series, Indiana and Miami's insane. What I want to know is what that coach from Indiana was thinking when and he pulls out his center and LeBron makes that easy layup in game one. What was he thinking? <laughs> Like we may have dropped Nick there on the on the line. Uh, we're just going to go to a quick break here, uh, here on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz and fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz dot com. The 
We are out here at Polo Fields Golf and Country Club. We're getting ready to kick off this Benny Tyree Memorial Golf Tournament. I'm here with Benny Thompson, GM over at Alderman. I'm also here with Jeff, uh, Joe Frederick. Pardon me, Joe. Uh, looks like we might get this thing going after all. <laughs> yeah, after uh, after rain last time on May 10th and uh, a three-week uh, rain delay, uh, I think we're going to get started here in uh, probably about 15 minutes, hopefully. It looks like it looks like it gave us a little break at least, uh, and on the radar we might have a few hours, hopefully, to, to uh, sneak out there and and uh, get this thing underway. Like the, like you said, we were out here uh, we were out here a month, three weeks, a month ago, three, three weeks, weeks ago, ago yeah. and uh, it was there was no chance we were getting it out there this day or that particular day. So, uh, tell me a little bit about this golf tournament. Uh, give me a little rundown of how we how this came about and where we're at with this. Um, well, uh, Eddie is a um, mentor of a lot of golf pros. Uh, Denny, obviously, who is, um, was under Eddie for how long, Denny? Uh, nine years. Nine years. And you were at Iroquois in Seneca? Iroquois in Seneca. And uh, so, um, like Denny and myself, a lot of guys came up under Eddie. Uh, he was a, a great uh, ambassador of golf to a lot of us, and, and obviously so uh, touched a lot of us, and we're still in the business and working here in the area. And He passed away in 97, and um, so we've been doing this for 16 years. Uh, obviously, in honor of him, it's a... It's almost like a family reunion getting ready. Um, we barely get to see, you know, each other enough uh, as is being being such close friends. And, um, you know, this is our one time of year to kind of get together, and uh, Eddie allows us to do that. Sure, and this time of year, of course, you know, it's uh, this is peak season for what you all do. So uh, it's uh, equally as, as more, more, more and more difficult to get together and do stuff like this. So, uh, and Eddie, all of them country club is uh, a lot of people don't, it's a little secret in this area. So a lot of people don't know about this. Where, where, whereabouts? What part of town is that in? Well, it's it's uh, off Preston Highway around the Camp Taylor area. But uh, actually, Audubon is over 100 years old, so it's been around for a while. But it is kind of tucked away in yes. a, a neat little park setting, uh, older homes. But uh, uh, I have folks sometimes stop in, make a delivery, or stop. In. I've lived in Germantown for years. <laughs> to know this club is here, but. Uh, it is kind of a little hidden gem. Yeah, I had a couple. I had an opportunity to play it a few times uh, in the past, and uh, it's a, it's a beautiful little golf course. As well as it, it, both these golf courses here, at Polo Fields and also Audubon Country Club, are both real nice establishments. If you've never played them before, um, they are uh, they're secrets, little hidden gems in, in, the, in, the, in the, the Louisville area. So, um, tell me a little bit about the format of this particular scramble that you guys are doing. Go ahead, Jim. Um, the uh, the format um, it's a it's a pro am it's one professional and three amateurs uh, that we have and uh, we play a um, basically two best balls of the group uh, one gross ball uh, natural score and one net ball between uh, between all four players and uh, we uh, you know it's it's just a fun day for everybody we have a small purse for the professionals and and uh, Powerbuilt's been a, a great sponsor of ours and Monterey Club uh, over the years um, with shirts and and things like that so. Um, it's um it's just a really fun day for everybody and, and we enjoy getting together. And uh, both uh both as both the courses are private courses or semi private, either one Audubon's private. Both, yeah, both both courses, both courses are, are private. private. So um if anybody if anybody's interested in, in membership uh, information, how would they how would they get a hold of either of you guys to take care of that? At Audubon they can just call the direct line at six three six one three three one and ask for our membership director, Laura Murphy. 
There you go. How about out here, Paul? Here, Paul, uh, Patrick Fisher uh, is our membership director out here, and um, it's uh, 502-244-6688, and uh, you know, he'd be happy to hear from you. Yeah, so we're, we're sitting out here uh, at the Polo Fields Golf and Country Club. We are right off of the ninth. The ninth green. 18th green. It's 18th right here with the, uh, and it, it does appear as if the weather has, has stopped. They got the guys, everybody's town things off. There was a little bit of rain earlier. It dumped a little bit, and uh, it looks like it's clear right now. So, um, it usually, uh, so what was 1:30? So we're 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 not too far behind schedule. Not no, about too far behind. About, I mean, about 50 minutes before uh, considered. we're going through getting our body loaded and. Uh, you know, trying to, we'll make an announcement here in just a minute I'll to get take, everybody started with the golf course. And Jimmy and I don't have far to go, thank goodness. He starts on one and I start uh-huh. on ten. So. Well, maybe that's we, we that by, Was that by design? Yeah, that's by design. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got a little longer before we got out. There you go. Well, yeah, we got to they got to dry things off a little bit. I tell you what, just from uh, just from looking, I was I had a, one of the chicken salad, which is a real good chicken salad sandwich from the the restaurant over here, and I went out back and, and sitting on the patio, the real nice patio out back here, and the course looks like. Great shape. Tell me a little bit about that. The course is in super shape. Um, you know, we've been here 20 years. It's um, pretty well matured. Yeah, it's crazy. Hard to believe. Uh, Time flies. It's been 20 years. But, um, you know, we've obviously been rated in business first every year uh, in the top 20 for, for the area, of course. It's a uh, real great facility. Uh, obviously a beautiful uh, veranda out here overlooking the uh, the golf course and the golf shop looking 18. And a nice place for, you know, we have plenty of corporate outings and, and weddings, and uh, we've had a lot of beautiful weddings out here, so yeah, it's a great setting. It, it's, I've seen some of the pictures on the you know, Facebook page and all that. Mm-hmm. So I've seen some of the pictures on the, on, the, on the website. It looks like a great facility to, to get married, and they'll pretty much take care of everything for you as long as you get the guests and all that stuff. Absolutely. How you, you provide the people with everything. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and it's, 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 it's discreet enough out here where you, if you're out here having a wedding, it doesn't look like it would be anybody out here to bother you at all. It's your own yeah. personal thing, so... Um, uh, let me ask you a quick question. What's the, what's the if you had to say in, in your teachings uh, as far as being a pro, what's the one thing that that most amateurs overlook in terms of trying to better their golf swing? What's the, what's the like the one basic thing that gets overlooked more than anything? Tough question. Huh? What would you say, Smooth? Well, I haven't taught golf lessons in probably over ten years now. Being a team of a club, I don't have time for that. But one of the things uh, trying to stress to, to golfers is one is to teach release. Golfers always like to squeeze the golf club, hang on to the golf club, and they're tight and tense. And if you can teach them how to release the golf club and balance, swing within themselves. So essentially, not you don't want to you don't want to squeeze it too tight, is what you're saying, right? You, that's you know I think that in conjunction with the whole keeping your head steady or on the ball or however they say it would probably be the two uh, two two things that that are most importantly and most overlooked as far as the golf swing goes. So, um, what's the uh, what's the best Round that you back when you were playing a little bit more. I know you're GM now. You don't have enough a lot of time to play. But uh, what was the best round you ever posted? I had a 60 once at Air Coy Golf Course. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. I tell you, you know, I I played Air Coy when they had it ready for the amateur tournament a few years back. They they did one of the qualifiers there, and they had the greens on the like 13 on the stand or whatever. It was actually a pretty it was a tough little course when they had them like that with the pin placements and such. So, so Joe, what about you? 65. 65. Wow. Local or uh, yeah, uh, I've had that here. Uh, I've had it at the uh, the Jeff Elks, and that's uh, one day like that. It just it feels like it's, yeah. well, you feel like you're seeing all the putting go in. And everything's, everything's yeah, it's, going. it's been very few for me. The uh, the only the third time was at uh, Otter Creek up in Columbus, that's that's awesome. Awesome. which was probably actually one of my best best rounds ever. Considering tough golf, <laughs> yeah, that's a real tough golf course. What's the toughest golf course in Louisville? If you had to guess, I I personally you know. It depends on how the 
I guess the the grass is and how they're cutting it down. I've been out there yeah. a long time, but I would have to say maybe for some Yeah, that's, the, the undulations on that green make it real tough to score. What about you? Well, you know, take take the hollow out of the equation, which can you know, always be tough. Yeah. But I always always thought a tough golf course to score on locally here was Hunting Creek. Yeah, that's out in prospect. That's a nice. That's a nice little course too. Uh, yeah. That's a, yeah. I've never I've never played at that course, but uh, yeah, Persimmon Ridge has got some some serious undulation that makes it real tough to score. So um, you guys probably got to get uh, get scooting here in a sec, huh? Yeah, we're yeah, going to have to get loaded. So again, I'm talking with uh, Denny Thompson, uh, GM at Albert Alderman Country Club, and Joe Frederick, who's the pro out here at Polo Fields Golf and Country Club. They are getting everybody around in their carts. The sun is—that's what I'm seeing right there. That's yeah. the sun. That's the sun, guys. I know we we may not have thought we'd see that yeah. today, but I drove out here. It was there was sunshine, and as soon as I pulled in the parking lot, the got overcast. I thought, oh boy, I'm bringing some bad luck. So anyway, it looks like a great event. Looks like you got a pretty good turnout, considering especially you had the, the three weeks ago we were supposed to do it. Had to, you know, not everybody could do it again on a Friday. Yeah, we've been so, real fortunate with that. We uh, we had 2016s originally on the 10th, and we have 25 of them back. So. Uh, yeah, you know, it's really good, uh, really good turnout. Any kind of pro to GM sort of grudge matches going on? That uh, somebody been winning a little bit too much, or uh, he's too young and I'm too old. <laughs> 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 uh, he shot sixty. He shot sixty-five. Yeah, uh, you're yeah. at Hunting Creek or whatever. Yeah, that's 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 I was young. And if anybody doesn't know a lot about Eddie, because I worked for Eddie for years, so did Joe. Is one of the reasons this group gets together is Eddie was not only just a great gentleman, a great friend, but he was a well-rounded Rams golf professional. He he was a friend to people. He was a good teacher. He was good for junior golf. He was a good player. He was a, he was a smart businessman. So he was just well-rounded individual that he taught he he want he wanted to treat everybody the same. He just was good to everybody he ever met, and uh, he never met a stranger. And that's what we were talking about this the last time I was out here, uh, that in terms of his influence on junior and younger kids' golf. I mean, that's invaluable. You get the young kids out here. Golf in some areas is not as accessible to, to kids as it is, you know, other sports, and that's one of the things, from what I understand, he was real good at sort of getting out there and getting kids involved. Well, there's a, a the legacy that he's left is he's left a lot of uh, young men like Joe, and Danny Barron, and Richard Schmidt, and I could go on and on with guys that are in the the, the golf business. Kevin Greenwell uh, at Seneca now. He's Richard left Richards a, at Oxmoor, right? Yeah. And uh, Danny Barron's at Hurstbring Country Club. So there's a testament of what Eddie was for what he's left, and and especially in this town with golf professionals and fine young men that uh, do a great job in the business. Well, I've always thought that golf is a good way. If you live your life like you uh, handle or struggle with your golf game, it's a pretty good parallel. So the golf is a, as a, as a if you can if you can go out there and play real well, and then the very next time play like like crap, you know, it's, it's a good it's a good uh, it's a good stepping stone for life, you know, because it'll throw some stuff at you. But uh, anyway, let's get let's let you guys get back out there. Again, I'm talking with uh, Joe Frederick and Benny Thompson here, and we're getting ready to go out and play some golf to you guys. Hopefully, you have good luck the rest of the way with this weather, especially. And uh, this great event you guys got going over here, and thanks again for having uh, 1450 come out here and shoot the breeze with you guys a little Appreciate bit. All right, thanks, Joe. You're both. Thanks, Eddie. Thank you so much. Thank you. you guys enjoy your day, and hopefully you hit him straight. We'll do it. Yeah, I'm sure you guys will. Thanks, man. So, uh, <laughs> so some uh, some cla- classy cats coming out here to talk to us. So, uh, anyway, so I want to talk about this uh, handicap, this racing card for you here quick, and then we'll reset the show at the top of the hour, and then we'll talk with Nick Sports from Hub Sports a little bit more for you guys. 
a um, couple of great guys, those, those, those cats that are from, uh, from out here, Paul Fields and the Denny Thompson. First, I met him, the GM from Audubon. So, anyway, we uh, Churchill Downs has that 245 post today, so I want to get to this before we get too far into this, and then we'll take a little quick break at the top of the hour after I give you my uh, surefire money picks here for you. So, so we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna bring uh, I'm gonna bring uh, probably the best looking individual, probably the best looking individual in the house to the equation here. Um, we're just going to talk a little talk. Uh, he came back into the room. This is Dugan Ryan, who is the, uh, the the man that makes it all possible. Makes it all possible. Um, it was, he was outside. It was raining. He came back in, and here comes the sun. So, 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 so we're back in there. But looking dapper today. I noticed you chose blue. So did I. Yeah, that's the way for blue sky. Blue sky. That's what we're hoping for here. Again, we're at the polo fields. Tell me a little bit about uh, what we got going on at the station because I haven't had a chance to get to any of that today. I know we got this golf card. We're we're talking golf, golf packages, golf cards. We got a bunch of stuff going on. You you ready to fire on any of this stuff? You want to tell me a little bit about this because. I've been a busy man lately. You have been. <laughs> I have I have been a busy man. So well, what can we do for these people? Shop21live.com. It's a place to build your Father's Day present. It's too easy. You get two gift certificates, one gift certificate to Cover Bridge, one gift certificate to Champions Point, and six other courses. The Bull, uh, Maywood in Bardstown. Which is a crazy good course. Country Club in Lexington. Those three... Uh, the Country Club in Lexington? No, excuse me, Lebanon. No, okay, all right, all right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's, so, six courses for 99 bucks. Plus, you get the done. two, and then you get the two coupons as well. Mm-hmm. It's buddies, both Champions Point and Covered Bridge. If this isn't a good enough for you, we got this golf package, this golf booklet. It's a, it's a booklet of coupons that gets you all sorts of things. It costs you $35, correct? Yep, $35. It's 1450golf.com. That's where that's at. Mm-hmm. And this thing, I'm telling you, it's 30, 35 bucks the original part. You get at least 10 bucks off on different courses. There's some courses for free. You get 10 bucks off at least on a hundred, up to 100 different courses that they got going on with this package. I'm telling you, I really want to know how you made this happen because this doesn't seem even feasible. How's it work? Well, is it, is it the good looks and the blue? It is. It is partly that, and uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's the emphasis we uh, place on golf as a station. We do four hours of golf programming at, on the weekends. Um, we had everything covered on this station. We're out here, uh, Country Club at the Eddie Tyree Classic. Polo Fields. Yeah. So we put a, we put a lot. We don't just talk the game. We we're actually spending the time covering right. covering the sport. Obviously, a lot of this place is packed out here today. It's packed. Rainy, cloudy day. Right. And it's, it's, it looks like they're getting out. They are. Their sun is coming out. They're, they're telling everything off. Uh, we were just talking with Joe Frederick, who's the pro out here. Uh, he's doing more. He's, he's welcoming us out here like, like it was his own home. And they're out there getting ready to tee it up. So we do have, um, I want you to know that if you can't listen, if you can't listen to this, any of these programs on 1450, if you can't listen to them in your car or at your house, you can download the, the smartphone app or on your Android and you can get both of them in digital crystal clear quality, and you can get those in Texas if you want to listen to it. Anywhere. If you want to listen, you want to, listen to it in Hawaii. You're nationwide, buddy. I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to feel it. That's why I wore blue today. The other, the other courses you can get at, for $99 are Indian Springs, Maywood, Bull, and Lexington. I mean, those are good golf courses. This isn't this isn't just hacker golf courses. These are great golf courses. So, anyway, what's the, how do they get that? 
shop21live.com. That's how they do it. Or you can go to the 1452 web page. Or call 964-2121. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, what's your thoughts about this? Is this, is this, space, is this basketball this year is a walkover for, for, for LeBron? This LeBron show, is this his coming out party? I, I think he's already he, he's already had his coming out party. He's already out. This is the I may be one of the best of all time. Maybe not the best of all time. So is he the best of all time? I think he, you can put him in the conversation. But of course he's in the conversation. But there's only one other person, maybe two other people in the conversation, correct? Will you put Will Chamberlain Will, in that conversation? Will still MJ of course Mark Jordan. Kobe's in the conversation. Kobe's in the conversation. Well, yeah, I guess I guess you could put four or five people in the conversation, but if he wins, Kobe's got his share of rings, and you could say he did it with I mean, he did it with, with, Sha- with Shaq, he did it without Shaq. He did do it with and without Shaq. That's an interesting point. Shaq, Shaq's a big factor, but uh, you know, LeBron's got LeBron didn't have anybody with him in Cleveland and couldn't get it done. He's got talent around him in Miami, and apparently they're getting it done. That's why I say maybe, and it's a conversation. That's true. That's true. Uh, but he, uh, even though our associate's probably a little upset with with uh, our conversation, Mr. Trevor Bacon Kelsey, because he's a big Pacers fan. But uh, I would love to see the Pacers come back and win, and at least go to Game Seven. I think that would be that would be glorious. But what if I was to tell you that I think the Spurs are going to walk over the, the Heat? What if I was to tell you that? I would say a walkover. You might be crazy. Well, we we know I'm a little crazy. Yeah, we know that, don't we? Mm-hmm. This is this is a big nasty show. This is a big nasty show. You know I'm a little crazy. So um, uh, anyway, so the, the Pacers win the next game. Push it to seven. I think it goes to seven. I think it goes to seven. Okay, I take I take seven. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, and uh, the question is, uh, we were talking the other day, and we have the over under with LeBron James at six point five MVPs. He's got four already. Do you like the over or the under on the 6.5? I'll go over. That's where I'm at, too. That's where myself and Nick, which we're going to have back on the other side of the break here. All right, uh, Mr. Ryan, I'm going to I'm going to quickly handicap this race card. And then take oh, quickly. Yes, quick, quickly. Uh, I put it together. Um, I don't know if you're a gambling man or not. Are you, uh, are you a man that likes to wager? I don't mind the wager, but I do hate to, to lose. <laughs> well, that's that's, the nature, of the, that's yeah. the nature of it. Well, here's what I've done for you. For $58.50, that's right, $58.50, I put together three different wagers for you, and I'm going to do those. I'm going to call this my one-minute, two-minute handicapping drill. It's real simple. It starts in the first race with the early pick four. It's very simple. There's one horse in that one I'm using, but one, it's on the inside. It's a, the Davis of the Buck Boy. He's only carrying 110 pounds. It's four, a four-and-a-half furlong race, and that's going to go off at 245. And that's yeah, that uh, that's going to be my single in that one. I'm going to use the two, three, four. I'm going to use the two, three, four uh, in the second race, which is the five and a half furlong maiden special weight race. Follow it up with another single in the third race, which is the seven darkest hour. This is a mile race. This is 24,600 race. Uh, this is going to be uh, so you'll have one with two, three, four with seven, and then we're going to use the all button in the last race. So again, that's a ten dollar and fifty cent wager on the pick four. One with two, three, four, with seven, with all. Um, I actually have two more bets, but since we're at the top of the hour, I'm going to go to a quick break here, and then we're going to we're going to re uh, re quick hook up with uh, Nick Schwartz from Hub Sports. 
uh, up in Philadelphia, uh, New York area, right after the break here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450TheSportsBuzz.com. Yes, I am. Definitely can hear you a lot better now. Nick, <laughs> How you doing? Nick my, Nick, my sternest apology to you there, sir. We had to get some golfers out the course. We had some weather things that pushed it back, so I had to talk to the people that are putting it all together out here. So um, thanks for sticking with me. Oh, no, it's, oh, it's all good. I, I enjoy calling in. It's, a, it's always a good time, and just a little concern there. That I thought maybe it was on my end, but no, it's all good. I understand. Now, sometimes these live feeds get a little temperamental on us, but that's okay. We got you now. Can you hear me fine now, bud? Yes, I can. Okay, so um, we were talking about baseball before we before we, before we we lost you there, and I wanted to bring up a point. I, I didn't know whether you saw this or not. I'm sure you did. You're pretty much in the cut there at HubSports, uh, HubSports.com. And Hub, HubSports and music, I think, is what that goes by, right? Yeah, it, it's uh, HubSports. It's uh, HubFM.com on uh, the, the, the net. Um taken off uh, we're teaming up with uh USA today uh, a lot of opportunities come around uh, really starting to gain a nice fellowship and uh, it really is a credit to all the writers um I'm the senior editor there I try to write as much as I can like, write mostly on the Yankees but uh edit a lot and uh you know the writers are doing a great job and you know really taking off but a lot of credit to the writers and to the owner of the site Aaron she's doing a great job getting out and about and uh, making them you know, doing what people that own sites do. You realize if we put our if we put our heads together and our, our little banter together, our voices, we could have ourselves quite an actual show. You know that, right? Yeah. Listen, I've already thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to bring up a, I wanted to bring one thing up that I noticed the other day. One of the best hitters of all time, especially for Kansas City Royals, is now going to be the the uh, batting coach. Did you see this, Mister uh, Brett's going to George Brett's going to be the batting coach for Kansas City. Yeah, I seen that. Um, well, the other day they, they they hired him. It was his first day, and uh, I was going to try to watch the game, and I didn't. Didn't they come back and win that game? I think like late they came back and won that game. That his first day as a hitting coach. Yeah, I believe you're right about that. Yeah, I, th- I think they did. Uh, I think that's awesome. I mean, th- you know what? A lot of great players aren't great coaches, and then there's so- and then there's a few, you know, and usually they're catchers though. But I mean, learning. You know, hitting from someone like George Brett, you know, it would be like, 
you know, anyone, you're going to listen, no matter how many all-stars you have, you know, how much money you're making, you're going to listen because the guy could just pure, just hit the ball like and nobody else. You know, Absolutely. Tony Gwynn and, well, and George Brett, best hitter. Brett Boone was saying on um, on the baseball tonight, last night or two nights before, he said sometimes it's just it's just a matter of a, a different voice trying to tell you what they're trying to do as far as the proper mechanics, the proper setup, and all that stuff. Sometimes you just need to hear another voice telling you how to do it to, to sort of set everything in play. Yeah, I mean, and 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 not only I I totally agree I totally agree with him. I, I love that guy, <laughs> but. Uh, and I, I totally agree with him. And also, it, it's that, and um, it's a different voice. But it's a different voice, and it comes from someone that is it's George Brett. I mean, I mean, you're gonna listen. Um, and they, they have a good lineup, and just a little bit of tweaking, maybe at the bottom of their order, and they could be right in the race because they do have they have an okay pitching staff. You know, um, they have a wonderful lineup. A little little thin at the bottom. But uh, a little tuning up there and, and bringing in him, they, they they have a shot. Well, and, and you I know, thought that going in, I thought that they, they they had a, a legitimate shot at, at one of the wild card spots, you know. But he definitely yeah, adds he, uh, adds more to the equation for Kansas City. Well, and we talked about that uh, one one of the first times we talked on the air here with uh, Nick Schwartz from uh, Sports. Uh, we we talked about that, and, and the Royals are a young team. They've got some talent, man. They've definitely got some talent, and he might be able to just harness that talent sort of give them a little boost, and that might be what Dr. Ordered for them. Yeah, yeah, we did. I, I, I think that when we were, I forget when we were talking about it, but I, you know, I remember one of us was talking about Kansas City being pretty good, and um, I do. I think with their pitching staff, um, you know, obviously they have a, an ace of all aces, and, uh, you know, um, and they have Irvin Santana, who's fallen off a little bit, but the lineup, you know, is a little top-heavy, but Billy Butler, Gosh, can that guy hit? I watched the game when he was playing the uh, Angels, uh, and he was like six for six, almost hit for the cycle. There's some talent on that team, and if they don't pull that together this year, that that team's going to be a force again. Kansas City's going to be a, a major league baseball team of force for the years to come, and hopefully they keep Georgia around because they're they're going to be something good there. I know that I really can see that by watching a few of their games. Yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned the the, um, the cycle. We haven't had one yet this year, have we? Or did we have one? No, no. Uh, there was two real close. Well, I watched that Billy Butler game, and then uh, who was it? Uh, he had he had all the easy ones. That he had the home run, the triple, and the double out of the way, and he walked. I forget what, it was last week, and he walked. But no, no cycles yet. No, I, I know it's, it's you know, and uh, so let me ask you a question. Let's talk a little fantasy talk here, but we have we we have yet to get into this. I know you're you're an avid fantasy baseball player. Um, first of all, yeah. how's your team doing this year? Well, my team started off pretty good. Um, I was undefeated. I'm on a little uh, two game losing streak, <laughs> and uh, it's mostly due to my pitching because uh, I have Ari Dickey who uh, decided he wasn't going to pitch anymore. And then my the injury like my team literally is the Yankees. I, I like I have every DL spot filled up on my team. Like everybody, I just got uh, the ace from uh, the Angels back off the DL. But it just seems like and then I have Pettit. He was on the D, he's coming off the DL. So I'm like mixing and matching, trying to like keep up. Uh, I'm still in first place in, in, in my division, and, and it's mostly due to just. Uh, you know, watching a lot of baseball, and that's one of the best things is just watching, seeing if someone's going to get hot. If they're getting a little bit hot, grabbing them, 
you know, on the waiver wire, one of you guys on the DL, and, uh, you know, just ride him out. Like Mark Reynolds, I picked him up when he was, you know, going crazy and a bunch of home runs. Dropped him when he started striking out. He was a tricky player. And I think that's the key to fancy is, is knowing the sport, knowing the players, and, you know, grabbing guys off the fancy, off the waiver wire when you can, but knowing when to drop them. So what's the story with, with, with R.A. Dickey? I have no idea. I mean, well, I mean, I do kind of have an idea. You know, um, catching for about 15 years playing college baseball, one of the things about knuckleballers is, and this is why I was real, I thought it was odd they gave him so much money after one good season, is there's never really been a really good knuckle. Like, the Negro brothers were pretty good, and but they barely had an over 500 record. If you throw a pitch and you don't even know where it's going to go, I don't know how you can consider giving someone that much money because you're not going to be consistent. Now, I know he throws a faster yeah, knuckleball, and yes, he also can throw a fastball, but he's all over the place. He has an over-5 ERA. He had smacked it around again last night. Um, I'm actually thinking about dropping him off my team. I mean, and which sounds a little crazy, but I thought um, in the World Baseball Classic when he got smacked around, I thought the Blue Jays are in trouble. And, you know, um, it's led over into the season. Um, and and, and the, another thing is, the NL East is, is a, it's a good division, but it's not the AL East. And uh, he's getting crushed. And that, another thing is, is he's not pitching in what is called City Field. That's, that's like a parking lot. Now he's pitching in Toronto where the balls, are, the gaps are huge. He's getting smacked around. You know, he's just, he, that's just yeah. plain and simple. You know, I, I have to tell you, I, was, I, was, I feel like I was a step ahead of that particular situation because I, um, I was at the spot, the spot in the draft where I had a choice between R.A. Dickey and uh, I got Doug Fister in that spot. Now, Doug Fister just threw a bunch in last night but didn't get any run support. Did you see that? Yeah, I have him. I have Fister. Um, I have Fister on my pitching staff as well. So yeah, so it was nothing, nothing, and I think the Pirates won one nothing in the tenth. Yeah, I know. I didn't start the it this week. Strange the, team. The league, you know, they're such a powerful lineup, and then sometimes they just, you know, they don't score. It's they have a very odd team. Um, but yeah, I have Fister yeah, on my team as well, and I look back at that draft and I think about who was available when I took Dickey, and I I, I had thought this is what you were thinking. Because I watched him in the World Baseball Classic, and I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea, but I know I'll be mad at myself if I pass him up. So I took him, and and I'm going to probably drop him. You know, I'm going to probably drop him. And uh, yeah, my pitching's been hurting me the most. My line has been tough. Yeah, and unfortunately right now, because you are in a situation where he's not performing, then it, it, it kind of kills your trade value on him where you could, like, bottle him up. That's the whole key to being a good fantasy baseball player is try to foresee the future and when they're going to be on the runs and when they're not going to be on the runs. So yeah, um, I mean that that's the key is like you got that's the key with even like free agent pickups and stuff is you got to know when you know Kenny Rogers <laughs> you got to know when to hold him you got to know when to walk away and when to know when to run and I'm about to run away from R. A. Dickey because I yeah. put up with him I put up with him and then I think last night I might I may give him one more start and if he gets lit up again. I'm going to drop him, and just because there's guys out there, you know, that I think that are better. Um, there's a few people um, I'm playing in, you know, in a 10-team league, so there, there's a few available pitchers that, you know, I was talking about picking up Kyle Kendrick from the Phillies. Um, he's out there, and he's having a half-decent season pitching, pitched pretty good the other night, too. Um, so yeah, I think R.A. Diggy's going to have to go. And that's the key to win in fantasy leagues is knowing when, 
like looking at the percentages owned and all the ESPNs and CBS is what they tell you to do. You know, you have to make the decision on your own by watching baseball and deciding, you know, when's the time to let these people go. And I think it's uh, Ari Dickey's time to hit the bricks, as we say here in Philadelphia. <laughs> There you go. Again, I wanted, I'm talking with Nick Swartz from Up Sports and Music. Uh, we're out here at the Eddie Tyree Memorial Golf Tournament at Polo Fields and Country Club, and they are off and running. The, the rain has uh, uh, let up on them, and the guys are out here getting it done. This is a pretty sweet golf tournament. we got pros and regulars, and uh, all of the stuff that's brought to you by the Big Nazi Show can be uh, only provided to you by uh, our, our friends and sponsors. We have uh, Mr. Nick Stein, NickSteinLaw.com, and uh, my newest sponsor, Paul Kiger uh, from Remax. So let's switch gears here a little bit and talk a little bit of basketball with you, Nick. We didn't get a chance to do that while we got cut off before. Is that all right with you, man? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's very. Uh, the, the playoffs are crazy, you know. Um, like I was saying, uh, quote, you know, the, we got cut off there. Was we almost were right on that Memphis? You know, two games go just a little bit Memphis's way. You know, I think they win that series. I think they crumbled after that second OT loss, um, and then this Indiana Miami series is. You know, I got some questions for the coach of Indiana, like what he was thinking in that first game. And, uh, you know, the key, the key, and, and someone brought it up to me, and, and I kind of laughed it off, but in as much as I like it, Roy Hibbert, is the, that Bosch is covering him, but he, Bosch is not, he's not truly a center, even though he's playing a center position. And for Indiana to win, they need to push that ball inside because they have perimeter shooters. If they push the ball inside, they're going to beat the Heat. They're going to beat them every day. You know, LeBron's putting up 30, and Wade's a little nicked up. You know, Bosch is a little nicked up. Indiana's a better team, and I never thought I would say that, but as a team, they're a better team. The problem is the Heat have LeBron James, <laughs> and he somehow has that, you know, that Michael Jordan ice in his veins. You know, that layup, he, I, I'm still amazed how easy that layup was to win that first game. Them, but um, I don't. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think Indiana. I want them to. I really, really want to see the Heat But uh, I don't think that that Indiana can come back. Maybe I hope so. I hope it goes to seven. I think it'd be because the series has been so competitive. And but the key Indiana to win. I, I looked at every one of the games. Everyone they won, Hibber was a leading scorer. Everyone they lost, he wasn't. So like, I mean, if I see that, you know, I would hope that their coach sees that get the ball inside to him, they're going to win, put the pressure, if you get to a game seven against Miami Heat, who expected to be in the, you know, they had already had their ticket to the finals, already punched in the first round, the pressure's on them in game seven, and anything can happen. But it's all about, you know, the game yeah, six, and if they can, they can bounce back from, you know, getting lit up last you know, night. And the funny, the, the irony in this is that LeBron James was, it was argued that he didn't have ice in his veins. You know, he, he wasn't able to close in the Cleveland years, and now all of a sudden it looks like he's turned the, turned the corner and he, he's basically trying to tell everybody, look, I'm the best there ever was. Is he the best there yep. ever was? Yeah. You know, I think he's the best there ever was. It's funny that you should ask that question because this has been a topic of conversation, you know, on radio up here and different people talking, and that's so difficult to say. And, and you know, they bring up Michael Jordan and, and what – I wouldn't know why no one brings up Will Chamberlain, you know. Um, but if you know, and that's just my own personal like argument because it just frustrates me. But it's really hard to say who the best ever is because you know the games changed. 
I don't think the competition is as good now as it was then. Or I think the competition back when Wilt played was better. Um, or like with Magic and, and Larry Bird. Like right now, LeBron's playing in an NBA where in the Eastern Conference especially, where teams, like we were talking about the, one of the first times we talked, that the eight seed's getting in with, you know, five, six games under 500. That didn't happen, you know, 15 years ago. Um, so it's really hard for me. If Right now, LeBron James is not the greatest of all time. I'll say that. I know that for a fact. Um, he, you know, if rings define, and really would have to be like definition of if it's rings, obviously he's not. If it is, you know, clutch being a closer, he's obviously not, even if he does do it this year, um, you know, and they wouldn't back to back. I still don't think that he is even, you know, in the same universe as Michael Jordan or Will Chamberlain, you know, or true. I look at Magic and Larry Bird and the times that they played and, you know, um, there's some good ball players, and you know, um, anointing LeBron, the greatest, like so many have, and the whole debate, and Phil Jackson throwing his name in the hat, like about the whole debate, and Kobe Bryant. It's it's tough. To, I, I don't think if it was in my mind right now, I would go Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, Kobe Bryant. That would be my top three. LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, Kobe Bryant. No, I would go Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, Kobe Bryant. Before LeBron James. What did you, what did you say there? Before LeBron, Kobe Bryant, before LeBron James. Kobe Bryant, yeah, before LeBron. I, I think personally that wow. Kobe Bryant is a better player than LeBron James. I think that wow. if you sit around at a restaurant with a bunch of your buddies and say, hey, let's amass a super team, and you go win a couple of championships, um, I don't think that's the same. I mean, you look other when you look at Kobe without Shaq. You know, he won those championships. He didn't have like Dwayne Wade is a legitimate grade A superstar. So, you know, other than when he had Shaq, uh, you know, Kobe never Kobe didn't have that. Um, now, of course, Jordan had Pippen, but Jordan, you know. I don't know if maybe it, it's such a tough debate, you know, because it's different times, it's a different game. So, you know, it is a very difficult debate. But right now, at this particular moment, I don't know how anyone in their right mind could say LeBron James is the greatest of all time because he, he's still early in his career. You know, like everyone knows, he came in when he was 18. He's still a pup, you know. So let's look at this 10 years down the road. And, you know, then, you know, when he, put, he hangs up the shoes, then, then we'll, we'll have, like, they should have the debate. I don't know why it's going on. That's another thing that bothers me is that why it's going on so early and why so many people are talking about it already when LeBron's still a kid. Yeah, exactly. Let me ask you this. So, so I don't know. I mean, that's just my opinion. I, it gets it's frustrating because it's talked about so much and so many people, myself included, I blame myself just as much, <laughs> you know, um, want to throw their opinion in there and, you know, get it out there because, I mean, it's it's newsworthy, you know, and you throw that debate out, every people jump on it instantly. Yeah, that's true. It's it's a bandwagon. Well, let me ask you this question: Is LeBron James is is, is he is he partially good because he's a six foot ten, two hundred and seventy five pound man? Does that make I mean, well, I mean, there's no question that he's a freak of nature. <laughs> there's no question about that. He's really, really good. Um, he's really good, you know, in making the first moves. He's good at driving to the basket. But like you said, uh, you know, until recently, 
he wasn't a closer. So if you look at the, the majority of LeBron's shots, it was him using his size and his body mass to get those easy layups, to get close in, you know, get those, you know, 15-foot jumpers, those fadeaways, where you have players like Kobe who are playing off the dribble, shooting like 20, you know, 25-foot jump shots, and having to do more work because they're not as big as LeBron. I mean, I'll, no question about it, LeBron James is a big man. But, you know, to, to, to call him the best ever, you know, I don't know. I, I think but his size definitely, um, I mean, he's a, man, is he big. <laughs> Seen him live in, 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 uh, when he played in Philly one, one year, and I was, couldn't believe how big he was in person. It, just, it blew my mind. Yeah, Nick, I got to I got to slide off to a quick break. Uh, we can we continue this uh, this basketball talk here on the flip side real quick, if it's all right with you, my man. Okay. Be right back with you here on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz and fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz dot com. We're talking with Nick Sports from Hub Sports up in the Northeast. I just read that it um, a little bit about it, um, and it seems like that it, it's a pretty good possibility. Um, that and and, yeah, and there's one of the, the things about the NBA that changed so much is that there's no true centers really. There's only what a handful, and one of them sat on the bench all year for the Sixers, um, Biden. But you know, um, if he goes to Houston, they instantly become uh, a top team in the West because you know again, you know, um, Hibbert turned himself into a, a true power center. Um, but, yeah, I read about that, and I think that, that for Houston, that would be a, a great move, and that, that would make them, uh, you know, not just an outside shooting team, they'd be inside-outside. And anything that Howard goes to, a healthy Howard, um, that's, and also a healthy Howard that wants to play, um, 
they instantly become yeah, it's a very good ten point. times better. It mentally wants to be a part of it. Yeah, that, that's the biggest thing with him is that if he, if he wants to be involved, um, it seems to me like centers are kind of like pitchers and goalies. I mean, they have uh, you know they're wide receivers, you know, little prima donna, and, and I think it's because he knows that there really is no other great centers left. Um, but if he goes, yeah, I heard about him going to Houston. If he goes to Houston, that makes them a pretty pretty darn good team. Yeah, it, it certainly does. It, it, you know, you, you mentioned Hibbert uh, just a minute ago as far as like the, being the, the true center. I'll tell you what, I, and I said this when we talked the last time, you know, in terms of the playoffs in basketball, I truly believe that the Pacers are one or two clicks away, possibly one or two transactions away from being very, very difficult to beat. They're already a tough basketball team. But I'm thinking next year might be the Pacers' year. What's your thoughts on this? I think the Pacers are really good. They surprised. They surprised me. I knew they were physical going into the playoffs. Um, I knew what type of team they, you know, the, the style that they played. Um, I don't even. I, I think that they may not even be a player or two away. I think that they may just be a year away from like molding more as a team. And you know what? We may not even be having this conversation if are they a year away? If if not for uh, you know that layup, we could be talking. We'd be talking about this is their year. And you know what? It still might be. They're a physical team, and they have one of the true centers in basketball. Um, which they're what is it like? Probably three or four true centers in basketball, and right there, that is a building block for a team because no one else has one, and you know, few a few teams have them. They're they're a very good team. Um, other than the the coaching decision of leaving Hebron on, on the bench for that last what two point two seconds or whatever it was, one point two seconds. Yeah. Um, you know, they have a good coach. Um, I think that they may just be a year away from just as a team molding together because George is a great ball player. You know, um, they have that. In, that's the key that in the NBA is having the inside-outside threat, and they have it. So um, I think that they're right now easily one of the best teams in basketball, and they should be for a while. You know, young, strong, defensive-minded, tough team, and if the Miami Heat think that they're going to lay down, I, I really don't think so. Um, I, w- I would hope that, you know, this, that last no. loss was just like a little, you know, um, a little blip and that they come back and, and fight strong and at least get to game seven, but I'm not sure if they're even a year away. You know, they, they might, this might no, be They may year. not be a year away. It's, it, it's, it's, the, it's the matter, it's the, the manner in which LeBron James stepped up at home last night and just said, this is my, this is my series. I think that's too. I think that's too much to overcome mentally. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. And that, that's the part where I was thinking: if can they, can a team like the the Pacers can they bounce back from a game like that where you know there was a 20 point swing in the third quarter where they kind of you know folded you know um, with which teams that that don't have like that true superstar. Not that George and Hibbert aren't superstars, but they're not LeBron James caliber superstars. So not having you know a caliber superstar like a Kobe or a LeBron on their team, are they going to be able to come out you know in Game Six and play with that passion and that fire and that feistiness that they have so far? Just put a minute. If they do, and they keep the score in the '80s, '90s, you know they have a legitimate chance of winning that game. And then you switch to Game Seven, and that goes back to what you were saying earlier about LeBron being a closer. Now all the pressure in the world is on LeBron James because, like everybody, 
the Heat had their ticket to the finals before Game 1 even tipped off. So now all the pressure's on LeBron, because if he loses, you know, he's going to be to blame for, for everything. So if, it does, yeah. if they do push a Game 7, it would be the case of LeBron being a closer. You know, is he, is he really what everyone thinks he is? Is he what he thinks he is? Um, and I really want to find out. I really do hope they push it to a Game 7, because I'm really curious to see if LeBron can carry this team on his back. And that certainly can fuel your argument for whether or not he is in the top three or top four or even better yeah. of all time. Because if 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 he if he does go to a game seven, which I, I tell you, here's like I said, I believe I believe they go back to they go back to the field house for the next game and then back to Miami for the final. If I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, so I think that you know Indiana has they're a tough they're tough in their building. Uh, just like everybody is this year, I think Indiana does, in fact, find a way to win, um, find a way to contain him. But I think they go back to Game Seven, and I think what happens in Game Seven, which is what people have been talking about not happening all along, is I think you see either Bosch or Wade or some combination of both of them sort of step up in Game Seven to get the job done. I think that's what's going to have to happen if they, if it goes back to Game Seven. I like. It's 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 going to be a bad. If I was a and we get to Game Seven. I'm in the locker room, and if you're Bosch or or, or Dwayne Wade, I'd be like, "Can I get some help here?" You know, I'll put up 40 points a game. You know, um, you know, I'm leading the team in you know points, rebounds, and assists. Can someone help me, please? And um, I never thought I'd question Dwayne Wade's toughness, but in this these playoffs, like I am, I'm questioning. You know, it just seems to me like. It's not the Dwayne Wade that I remember from, you know, a few years ago. And if they push it to a game seven, LeBron's going to need some help because you know that they're going to push him around. They're going to get in his face. They're going to get in his ear. And they're going to try to get him to snap out like he did in, what, game four when they got to him and there was fouls everywhere. He fouled off for the only second time in, uh, you know, ever in the playoffs. Um, game seven, yeah. like, this whole series has been physically tough, grinded out. The game seven, LeBron's going to need some help, or you know what? And they could pull off, they could shock the world. Hey, let, let me ask you this: so, so if if they do in fact pull this off, like wait, I wouldn't call it pulling off because they're up three-two, but if they win and they move on, they've got a well-rested, experienced, and yes, also young, in some ways, Spurs basketball team waiting for them. Is this going to be a the seven-game series? The Spurs have a chance to beat the Heat. Yeah, I think the Spurs have a, a really good chance to be in Heat because um, I think that they, right now, at this moment, have the best coach in the game. I think Miami, on the other hand, has one of the worst coaches in the game. And this, in the championships, you know, games of any sport, coaching does come into play more than it does in any other time. And right now, Greg Popovich is sitting around and he's, you know, doing what he does. He's a great coach, dissecting seeing what Indiana does. So if he does have to face Miami, you know, he's going to be prepared. He's going to realize he has to be physical, and he can. They can. They have a, They also have a very big center, but he's not young. He's very experienced. Got a couple rings. They got a great, great player in Tony Parker. They have Ginobili. They, they have the closer of all closers. So um, I think that as the series goes down and these two, you know, the Heat and Pacers beat each other up, the Spurs are sitting there with smiles on their face because I think 
as every game goes on, they have a better chance of winning. And having the best coach in basketball right now, that gives you one leg up. And you're going against a guy that I'm not even quite sure why the Miami Heat even have a coach because he is one of the worst coaches in the NBA. Oh, wow. wow. So I, I think the first should, I mean, hubs, I know that he would be favored, gosh. and I, I know that, you know, not many people will give the Spurs. Well, you know, maybe they will. I would hope so. I think the Spurs, because, like you said, they are, they're a mixture of experience and youth, and they have great coaching. So, in my eyes, it's an even series. Game, like seven games, tough, grinded out, flip a coin. I got you. I got you. So let me let me let me put you on the spot here, Nick, and then I got to wrap it up. I got to talk to a few of the connections out here at Polo Fields Golf and Country Club. We're doing a live feed. Uh, thanks for bearing with me, everybody. We uh, had some weather and some contact issues. Uh, a couple of things. That's okay. Uh, we talked about the cycle. Uh, first part of the question: Do we have a, somebody hit for the cycle this year? And then I'll give you a fifty-fifty. Is it a National League batter or an American League batter? I say yes, and I say American League, and I'll even one-up you, and I'll tell you who it's going to be, Mike Trout. Oh, you're taking Mike Trout. I'll give you, I'll give you 10 to 1 on that. You want it? Yeah, absolutely. You if anyone look, you, you know he can hit a triple. You know he can hit a double. You know he can hit a home run. I can't think of anyone else. that like If you if you had like an odd sheet out right in front of you, Mike Trout would be at least top two. Because the triple is, is the hardest one to get. He plays in a space and okay. field. He can get that triple. Okay, and uh, we're going to make it interesting, and we'll touch base with this. We'll touch base with Absolutely. this. Absolutely. And I will, uh, I'll, I'll take this, and then we'll get together. Uh, we're going to get together on this later on another time. We'll have you on again, and we'll, we'll see if either one of us hit on this. But I'm taking Kutch. I'm taking Andrew McCutcheon in the National League for the Pirates. Good ball player. What's that? <laughs> What's that? I said he's a good ball player. I just watched him play that he's, series against Detroit. He's a good ball player. He, he's awesome. So, well, listen, buddy, I gotta, I gotta get to a break. I want to thank you for uh, coming on before and after. Uh, and uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's always a blast. I have uh, Nick Sports from Hub Sports and Music on, shooting the breeze about sports. Doesn't get much better than that, does it, buddy? No, it does not. I love it. And every time, thank you very much. And uh, you know, have a great time down at the golf course. Anyone listening, Hub Sports. Uh, hubfm.com great site you know check it out we're only getting bigger and better every day that's right and anytime you want to come on buddy you know the number so give me a call and uh, we'll set it up uh, sometime in the near future we'll see how our teams are doing here fantasy wise and hopefully we'll, we'll both uh, turn around and, and uh, make some coin there so uh, anyway, <laughs> I hope Nick so from have a great day music. have you too buddy talk to you soon okay alright alright see you later bye we're going to take a quick break here on the Big Nasty Show on 1450 and 1450 the Sports Buzz
Welcome back to the Big Nasty Show out here from Polo Fields Golf and Country Club Live. We're out here hanging out to pull the uh, Eddie Tyree Memorial Golf Tournament for 2013, and they are on the course, kids. They got out about an hour ago, I'd say, and they're out there. Uh, I've just, uh, I was sitting perched over top of the 18th green, and I've just seen a couple. The last group was in here with about a four-footer. Uh, it's a beautiful golf course out here uh, at Polo Fields Golf and Country Club. Um, I wanted to run down a few things here. we got a few moments here before we got to tear out of here and head out to Churchill Downs and uh, set up the table for the afternoon drive, kids. Uh, Trevor Bacon Kelsey is going to be in the house, and also Perrin Johnson. Uh, they're going to take you to the 5 o'clock hour from 3 after me, as they always do. I wanted to give you an update. Since we are on a golf course, we, we, uh, we have the golf tournament memorials up here in Ohio not far from Columbus. Bill Haas is actually taking the lead today. He's at 9-under. Charles Schwartzel is in behind him at 7-under. And just behind him is uh, Matt Kutcher at 6-under. They're playing up there at the Memorial. Tiger is not playing all that well. He was 2-over last I checked. I'm not sure where he's at right now, but he is not in the hunt as the Tigers normally are. So we've got some uh, NASCARs. Uh, they're getting feisty in NASCAR. They're, they're off to uh, Dover this weekend uh, on Sunday. It's the uh, Dover International Sprint Cup Series. It goes to, uh, through the, the, the uh, Monster Mile is what they call the Dover racetrack. We were up there. i tell you what, they, they go 190 miles an hour mile racetrack, and it's pitched. It's like a 30-degree pitch, and they get cranking. But they're going to be there on Sunday. We're going to see what happens with that. NASCAR uh, had this crazy thing happen with the, uh, the rope band that was connected to one of the cameras in the last week's race at Charlotte. And they actually had to shut down the race and red flag the race because this, this uh, rope had gotten in the way of everybody. Had gotten hit Carl, Kyle Busch's car and got wrapped up around there and ripped up the tra- shrapnel and ripped the metal apart on this car. That's pretty uh, pretty interesting. But they're going to be at Dover this week, so we'll see what happens. Jimmy Johnson's still on top of the points in the last car series. We've got uh, supposed to be nicer weather this weekend after today. It's supposed to be off and on rain today. After that, it's supposed to get nice. I wanted to give you my last couple of picks out of Churchill Downs. Uh, I gave you this early pick four already, and I'm going to give you the middle pick three and the late pick four before I get out of here and go put some of my own money where my mouth is, if you would. So we're going to go sit, race five, six, and seven. is going to be the middle pick three. And, uh, again, this is the $58.50 combined wager of all three of these wagers. I gave you a $10.50 pick four early. This is a $12 wager starting in race five. In race five, I'm going to use the four, five, and eight, and nine. Four, five, eight, nine. In the sixth race, we got a single. It's the, it's Spill, which is Mark Cassie and Sean Bridgemahan. That's in the middle leg. That's my single. And then I'm going to use all button in the seventh and final. That's uh, four, five, eight, nine, with seven, with all. It's $12, man. $12 is that simple. And you, you, you turn it into 100 or $200, you'll think I'm a genius, and uh, it'll be a happy day for you getting paid. So, And then the bet of the day for me is a little bit more uh, a little bit more coin. It's the last pick for the day. It's races seven, eight, nine, and 10 at Churchill Downs. The first post is... Just just went off. I don't know who won that one. We'll find out though. Uh, seven, eight, nine, and ten. The ninth race is my single in this sequence. The ninth race, uh, Allegheny Angel. It's Alan Garcia and Kenny McPeak. It's the third time up. That's my single in the ninth race. In the first leg of this pick four, race seven, I'm going to use the one, two, five. One, two, five. Paul McGee. Calvin Burrell and Tim Glashaw, which doesn't put out too many, and then Sean Bridgemahan and Agent D. Noza. So we have that one, two, five. In race nine, we have the three, four, six, seven. Three, four, six, seven. And then, like I said before, my single, the five. And in the last race, I'm actually going to lose. Use a 
six horses in the last race. One, three, four, eight, nine, and ten. This is a thirty-six dollars fifty cent pick four. Again, one, two, five with three, four, six, seven with five with one, three, four, eight, nine, ten. Thirty-six bucks. If you get a price in there, you're going to be a happy, happy camper. Uh, that's for certain. So again, I want to thank our hosts out here, uh, Polo Fields Golf and Country Club. We uh, we talked to Denny Thompson from the GM at Alderman Country Club, and we talked to Joe Frederick, who's the pro out here, both class class acts, very nice facility they have out here, Polo Fields. I want you to know uh, that any time if you're driving around your car, the best thing to do turn your radios on to 1450 AM, driving around in your car. You want to listen to it to crystal clear digital quality. Then you put it to 1450thesportsbuzz.com. You can listen on your smartphones, your Androids, all your your iPhones, anything you want. Right there, 1450thesportsbuzz.com. If you want to email me, I have got great sponsorship opportunities. If you email me at dignastyshow13 at gmail.com, we can talk to you about how you can get your business on here. I want to thank my sponsors, Nick Stein, NickSteinLaw.com, Paul Kiger from Paul Kiger Re- uh, Re- Remax, uh, Embrace the difference. Embrace life is what he says. But uh, uh, And then also Saints and St. Matthews. If you stop by them, they've got a great menu at St. Matthews, one of the best happy hours in town. I want you to have a great weekend for my engineer in the booth, DJ Yates. Uh, this is Nasty on the Big Nasty Show here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com.